has to stop. That point, I'm going to keep reiterating this, had better be 2022. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. The Pirates made a a ton of moves yesterday. So many, in fact, that if all I did was read off the moves, I'd eat up the whole episode. Not going to do that because one of those moves was trading Jacob Stallings, which should not have happened, which does not help the team now or in the future, and which cannot come with any plausible justification. That's really where my head went after this happened. What would be the justification? No, there has not been, by the way, a chance to ask any questions. Ben Charrington won't be available for any media access until later today. The trade itself was Stallings to the Marlins for a right-handed starter, Zach Thompson, another right-hander, Kyle Nicholas, and an outfielder, Connor Scott. The latter two are prospects, neither of them top 10 in Miami's system. And Thompson had a 3.24 ERA in 75 innings pitched as a rookie last year for the Marlins. And that does not help the Pittsburgh Pirates now or in the rebuild. And the reason for that is they had... As tense, the best catcher in baseball. The best defensive catcher in baseball with at least a good enough bat that you didn't have to uh, characterize him as any kind of weak spot in the order. A great balance. It's a balance you'll take 100 times out of 100. For everything that Stallings could do, behind the plate, and in terms of working with the pitchers and the young pitchers who'd come along, he was in every conceivable way perfect for this team at this time. Oh, and incidentally, the Marlins themselves brought up the very same things to explain why they coveted Stallings the way they did, because they have young pitchers and they want to get them acclimated and confident and aware of their surroundings in the majors faster than they normally might. This makes no sense, dot, 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 in isolation. And that's where, that's where this requires something that I'm not feeling tempted to give it, and that's patience. This portion of 
Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by North Shore Tavern. That's right across Federal Street from PNC Park, home of Steak on a Stone. They bring you the steak on an actual 800-degree stone. You finish the cooking yourself, so you have this meal exactly the way you like it. You're the chef. Heck, if it amuses you, you can leave yourself a tip. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. I always espouse having patience with trades, and doubly so whenever the trades bring back prospects, because it does take time. And you can find that a player surprises you. The ultimate case in point in in recent years is the obvious one with Brian Reynolds coming for Andrew McCutcheon. Reynolds was in double-A at the time. Kyle Crick was closer to the majors, so there was a lot of focus on Crick. And Reynolds exceeded pretty much everybody's expectations except his own, of course. So you don't know how those components are going to go. But what you do know in this stalling scenario is that even though he's 32 years old, he's a young 32 for a catcher, meaning he hasn't logged that many innings at the top level. He's had his share of uh, bats coming around and other concussion issues, the kind that we've unfortunately seen force catchers out of the game too soon, most recently here, Francisco Cervelli. There's no reason to think that Stallings couldn't have fulfilled the final four years, four years of which the Pirates had held his rights. Would he still been the same player at age 35 or 36? I don't know. I, I, I can't tell that. But I also can't picture that it would have been some kind of nosedive because most of what he does so well, he does because of his head. He does because of his awareness and the muscle memory that he's taught himself in terms of blocking pitches and everything else. He could have been an asset to this organization even as a backup at some point down the road. Henry Davis, of course, having been the first overall pick in last year's draft, he could have been the guy to help Henry Davis come along. Davis has the rocket arm, but by every account, his defense, while it can get to a major league level, isn't there now. He's a little bit of a project, and don't take that term in the negative sense necessarily. It just means he has work to do. He could have done a lot of that work with Stallings in Bradenton. Poof, he's gone. And for what? And for what? For a pitcher who is probably reasonably projected to be a middle or back end of the rotation type, another one who's seen as becoming a reliever, and an outfielder who doesn't project uh, on any ranking to be a starter. So why? Why did this happen? What was this all about? Was it just because the Pirates have made up their minds that they're going to go 
and get not one, but two other catchers. I'll remind you that the Pirates have as many catchers right now on their 40-man roster as you and I do, <laughs> okay? Because last week, very quietly, Michael Perez was shown the door. There are no catchers on this 40, so they're going to have to get not one, but two. And knowing Ben Charrington, he's going to end up getting a couple of guys who are all glove, no hit. But are they going to be better than Stallings? No, there's there's literally a 0.00% chance that they'll be better than Stallings. And they also won't be even as inexpensive. Stallings was not going to cost a lot, even through arbitration. He was going to be a 3 or $4 million guy. That's what you're probably going to have to put up for a free agent that you add. So where are these catchers going to come from? I've looked over this free agent list. I'm not going to waste your time by reading them to you because there's not much there. So what do they have in mind here? Are they looking at a trade? Did they make a lot of these moves, not least of which was DFAing Stephen Brault and Colin Moran, and, and today they might end up doing even more of them in advance of a deadline to have the roster set? Kevin Newman could be gone in some form? Are they clearing out money for the purpose of making some kind of trade to acquire a catcher from somewhere else who might be, I don't know, not comparable to Stallings defensively, but maybe if you add in more of a bat or something like that, you're going to get two of those guys? What are they doing? What are they doing? I don't have the answer. I want to rip this to shreds. I want to rocket this to the moon. I want to say, what in the blue hell? Because this trade on its surface, just the transaction itself, is the worst one of Charrington's tenure. And that's coming from somebody who was pretty tough on Charrington's trading of Josh Bell, and now, of course, the Pirates have only Will Crow to show for Bell. I want to do that. I want to say, what are they doing? They're kicking the can down the road. They're pocketing the money. All that populist stuff. I want to say those things. But I want even more to find out what this was all about. That's the problem with off-season trades versus deadline trades. Deadline trade happens, the deadline ticks off, they're all done. They can't go any further. The rules forbid it. So whatever they did is fair game. You can still be patient as far as prospects go and evaluating things like that, for building a roster for the following season, when a move is made, especially this early in the offseason, and this is early, it's, it's fair to hang on to see what else they do. We know they're going to add a couple of catchers because the rules kind of mandate that too between now and the start of Grapefruit Ball. 
this right now in isolation is the most inexplicable thing that Charrington's done. And he's going to have some tough questions to answer this afternoon. When we come back, just one question. I listen to your daily shots every day. As a lifelong Pirates fan who's seen almost as many Stanley Cup championships as Pirates winning seasons, how do I keep holding out hope that this team will eventually compete? Trading Stallings just feels like it's a step backward. JT, as you can imagine, most of the the J1Q entries that arrived here after the trade sounded a lot like yours some of them of course were all capital letters and a lot more spirited others were a lot more defeated than yours sounds but most of them came with that feel of this being a step backward and some of them asked me to like you know, come up with some sort of justification for this or to make them feel better about it. I'm not here to do that. I'm not here to do that. I have no affiliation whatsoever with the Pirates. I'm here to just call it like it is. That's the job, beginning and end. That's it. And this is, as you put it, a step backward. It just is. You were set at that very, very important position for years to come, homegrown player, thrilled to be here. Not BS, not baloney, not PR nonsense. Thrilled to be here. He and I had a handful of discussions just this past season, one-on-one on this very subject. He wanted nothing more than to be here and to help these pitchers grow. And pew, there he goes. Why? No idea. No idea. It wasn't for these three prospects. I'll tell you that much. It wasn't, I don't think, for the money. Because I really don't think the savings will be significant at all. No matter what you think of Bob Nutting as, you know, the evil cartoon villain. It's not going to be a situation where $100,000 here or there or whatever is going to influence anybody associated with the Pirates, least of all the general manager who was told he could come in and manage baseball operations as he saw fit. There has to be a baseball justification for this. There has to be some sort of second level to this. There is no one who could convince me, certainly not from 115 Federal, that these three prospects are worth more to the Pittsburgh Pirates than the best defensive catcher in baseball. There's no one there who could do that. I would listen to someone who was uh, an independent scout 
or someone who's working with one of the ranking services or Baseball America or MLB Pipeline, but all of those people are saying the same thing you're hearing from me. I don't know when is the last time, honestly, that I saw some of the people who are really intense followers of this franchise and who go along with, like, everything because they see it as some sort of defense mechanism because all the people who hate the Pirates, all they do is rip them. So I'm going to be the exact opposite and just say that everything is awesome all the time. This is not awesome. This is not acceptable without a baseball justification. This trade, and I'm going to use this phrase again, in isolation is trash. It has to be accompanied by some other move or moves that at least begin to attempt to make it make sense. Because this this doesn't. This doesn't. This stinks. When we come back tomorrow, I am sure we're going to talk even more about this. I'm also sure that we'll have at least some answers. I don't know whether they'll be good enough, but some answers from Charrington himself. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We will do this again tomorrow.